So welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin and I'm pastor of the village. And across from me is Andy Littleton, who is pastor of... Mission Church. Mission Church. And we've been doing this podcast for three years. And yeah. we probably had our most political conversation. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't, I we mean, talked we, we talked Trump in the past. We such. have, but yeah. we did a little bit more of that today. I, I would like to say a few things about faith over breakfast podcast one is people need to understand this is just a conversation yes between two pastors we are not saying that this is what mission church believes or the village church believes or to be honest what we believe in the sense that we are in process yeah, if you if you had to get us to write out statements you would not get what you hear today because this is us thinking something through together as friends And this is also, I think, a privilege when you listen to this podcast because you're getting to listen to ideas develop, thoughts develop. Um, So even if we say something theologically uh, that maybe people might kind of, what? We're in process thinking those things through. And um, you get to kind of be part of that with us. And that's the big idea of this podcast is that we're inviting you into a personal conversation. So we, we recognize the risk um, in, in doing that. But we also think that in, um, in the space of pastor podcasts, um, and we long to hear more vulnerability, um, from our, you know, feller, fellow leaders, our fellers, fellers. (laughs) that may be our problem right there is our fellers. Uh, (laughs) I think we, we, we long for that and we're trying to exhibit it. And, and we don't always, uh, sometimes we see things right down the line the same. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're not even sure because we're thinking about something for the first time with you right here. So, right. Um, yeah, good, uh, good reminder. That's kind of what the podcast is. And thank you for joining and listening to our rambling. Yeah. Thank you very much. Look at that. Checkity check check check. Oh, I am. Where are you? Check 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 check. Oh yeah, there you are. Nice. Check. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Hello, Andy. It's Good been morning. it's been two weeks. Yeah, it's been two weeks. Yeah. That's not my fault. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> guess not. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't know why you said that either, but now I have to go cry. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm going to try this new relaxed Eric podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, see how long this arm yeah, yeah. can extend. Yeah. This is uh, this relaxed. might be photo worthy as, maybe, we, as we jump in. Maybe I should just also put on my hood. So, oh, I can't even put on my hood, so it doesn't matter. You're taking a picture of me. Relaxed yeah. Eric. There it is. Well, hey, good morning. So, yeah, yeah, we uh, we didn't meet last well, week. You, well, you texted really me. You texted me. You, here's the thing about pastors and texting. Um, pastors and texting. I think I got a text from you. What did it say? It was just like, I will not podcast or something. It was not, I will not podcast. I don't, it like, wasn't that. It wasn't that's that. very mean of you. <laughs> but the one yesterday, I suggested a topic, and I get. Sure. Sure. See, the way. This is, the, you know, we all know how texting goes. Who well, knows what, how I, yeah. sure, sure could be, uh, sure. I, I think my my text was a little bit more vulnerable. I said, I need to cancel 
tomorrow's uh, podcast. <laughs> a need. Have, have a need. A need. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even go, Eric, tell me about your you need. You didn't. You didn't ask how I was doing or anything. I just said, sure. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, of soul care going on between the yeah, two of us. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it's just genius. Yeah. I figured you've created a church for yourself to where I'm not really necessary in your life. You did come, you did come Johnny lately, you know, I mean, you were, you didn't like just start up at the beginning and caring. You didn't even know me. Yeah. No, that's true. So, you know, yeah, you've got some makeup work to do. Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you did text and say, Hey, let's talk about the primaries and, uh, church and how how those two are yeah i think i think i'm just person the person of faith involves themselves in these things yeah we had a i mean you were a part of a conversation with other pastors kind of a presentation conversation on politics Mm -hmm. last week at our church and then um yeah we've had an impeachment proceeding we've had an impeachment proceeding a couple of primaries now so the democratic uh presidential nominee you know is getting worked out and I think I think there's interest in this in our church. You were just telling me maybe before we came on the mic that the people in your church don't talk about this or uh, not here, not at church. Not at church. Um I, I think it's not that politics is not something that people believe is part of their faith, but I think there's a sense that um People are so vulnerable at this point in time, I think, and, and and politics has become a place where you can actually really wound someone with what you sure. have to say. And because uh, I, I did, there were things, there was a presentation that was made to a lot of pastors about how political systems or, or political, what do you call them? Factions, how we break up into different places. Right. Uh, but one of the things that they did say that I really appreciated these lectures was that there is this element of our politics becoming our religion. Yeah. And um, and when that happens, you can really begin to hurt one another because you begin to connect the way you follow Jesus to an absolute right. in the way you follow politics or live out your political life. So... That's very dangerous when you begin to sit down and talk. And so trying to, you know, not have that be the primary part of our conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. So. So so you're saying people get wounded. Um, so, but so in your church, the the risk isn't. Yeah, it's just not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, it's not worth why, the risk. Why the risk do you think it? In your uh, uh, because world. I think it's our, our community is just so diverse, and yeah. it's. I mean, I I would say that a good portion, and they're listening right now, so they can hear themselves divided oh. out. But hey, hello. But uh, you know, there's there is a good section of people who are what I would call, and I don't want to categorize them, but what I call one is Trumpian nationalists. No, oh, I'm we just, don't have any of those. That just sounded. I think just one issue Fun. voters in the sense yeah. that they ah, yeah. they walk with the if you are unwilling to care for the the person in the womb you're probably most likely not going to take care of the person outside of the womb and so that is their oh, that I I don't know that I've heard it's ever framed that way that's a big time one that that kind of plays underneath a lot of people in our community um, 
And so there's that one. And then there's a definite, uh, what I would call moderate. Um, I think we have a, we have mostly in our church, I, I would say maybe over half are modern liberals. So they're, they're not the yeah. postmodern liberal, but they are definitely the modern liberal. And that's partly because we have a lot of older millennials and younger Xers yeah. in our community. And they tend to be still in the modern liberal. And when you're, when you're saying this, you're, you're um, drawing a little bit from this uh, presentation from last week in which uh, Jim Mullins at this, uh, Jim Mullins, who's uh, one of the pastors of one of the redemption churches in uh, Tempe, uh, he he'd kind of said, you know, we tend to think that there's the the liberal conservative, um, but then he was talking about there's a, a modern liberal and a modern conservative, and then there's a postmodern liberal and a postmodern conservative, and he kind of identified what maybe the the key word that those folks might stand on is, and who the patron saint right. um, of each one would be. Um, let's see if we can remember the. <laughs> The uh, the modern liberal was progress, and yes. uh, the Clintons, maybe Barack Obama, would have been the, the patron saint right. of the modern liberal. And then your modern conservative um, was... Well, you could have Ronald, what was, Ronald Reagan as your... Reagan or Bush or somebody like that. But what was the word? Uh, it was... Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, kind of be you know, a responsibility. Responsibility. Big, big thing. Um, then the postmodern uh, liberal... Equity. Uh, was yeah equality equality and uh, like somebody like Alexandra a, Cortez whatever Ocasio Cortez Ocasio at the moment yeah. yeah she would be a good one Bernie might fit in there yeah and then the and then the well then they also had you know they were saying that there are people who are kind of on the cusp of you know somewhere in between I think Bernie was sure. a little in betweeny yeah on that one but then um you had the postmodern conservative which was uh, was it sa- safety or safety was yeah safety was protection a big one. protection or something and um, yeah and uh, this like the slogan might be make america great again right. or something of that and, i i almost wonder and trump if, would fit into that except section, that except he he was saying even he probably more the steve bannons yeah, of the steve world Bannon. that kind of like shaped Trump's politics probably really embody the that Koch the brothers, most. things like that. So, so as you're, um, that, that's what you're referring to. And, and I, and, yeah. and it's nothing new because actually in Christianity, if you look historically over the last 150 years, there is even within the church, a battle between, um, who I, I would say the modern liberal, um, in which, you know, brought about, the neo-orthodox movement and i'm i in the sense that so you're talking in church in uh, church so these things kind of have played out even um in in the church yeah and anyway there there are always there are always uh systems of thought like modernism and postmodernism that get that get kind of tied together with political ideologies and then shape the way that people and i like this chart i thought his chart was really good i disagreed with his the centrist conversation or even Jesus being any part of his chart. But, uh, I thought just as a diagram for the way people break down pretty good. And I wouldn't say I, I disagreed with it. Um, the, what he, he was kind of proposing is that each one of those, if you took each one of those words, say that the, Mm -hmm. you know, none of those are bad things, but when they're made ultimate things, they become 
like an idol to us, something that we must have and we worship and we, and we go out to the absolute edges of those ideologies when those become the most important. And Jesus is calling us toward one another toward, and he, he didn't necessarily say being a centrist, but he oh, was, he no. was uh, in his graph, Jesus meets people in the center and draws them toward relationship with one another instead of yeah. away from one another because the, some of the core pieces of their ideology aren't um, or are, are valid though. Maybe not the, utter extensions of them right. which was an interesting um way to think about it and yeah. I, I would say we experienced some of that in our churches yeah um i I've, i think probably just his understanding of power was not my um yeah i i kind of think that was probably not yeah you and rod are were definitely uh you know having the power conversation well, well theologically we function right from that position and when we approach things most of the time so right that that's going to influence the way we and he and things. and and i don't know i don't know how much you two were as you guys discussed that with him you were actually um saying different things or if it had more to do with definitions of terms right well and and to be honest he was it was it, it was a very modern analysis of things i mean i, I think sure. a, a, maybe a christian postmodern person might come up with a different chart sure of understanding it but that was it was a very modern way of like here's this here let's categorize everybody let's get it all set for you and then here's a way that you can kind of reproduce this yeah and a postmodern is would have just put a bunch of dots on the board and then made a dance or something yeah and and had a yeah and and we all would have sang a taylor swift song and right we would have sang taylor swift for sure because she's real postmodern oh she is (laughs) She's very postmodern. Um, yeah, no, I, I think maybe a postmodernist might approach it more from a power perspective than, and a relationship perspective than from an analysis perspective. Yeah. Right. That would be more where that come from. Yeah. But anyway, regardless of all of that, how do churches handle all of this? Like, what do you do? Like, how do, how do we handle? Well, I, I think part of. The, or, or just encourage people in this process. Yeah, part of what I was I was intrigued by is I thought of the churches sitting at the table, I think that mission in the village might see a little bit more of the political diversity actually happening in our churches. So that's right. part of why I wanted to know how these discussions go in your community. And so maybe forget at your church service because maybe that's... Yeah, well, I think some of the, the new, obviously, I feel like the makeup of our church churches is important to think about before you even have that conversation. So the makeup of my church, though this is, we've had an increase of generation Z. So, you know, younger, the people are turning 18, 19, 20. Um, But really the makeup of my church is somewhere between the age, like there's a good chunk of people between the age of 27 and 38, like 37, there's a big chunk of them. And then there's a big chunk of people between what I would say 45 and 55. Yeah. Um, so, and then we have, I mean, we've got people jumping in all the different places, but partly that means that we have this group of people who are in the workforce trying to figure out just their careers are just beginning. Their families are just beginning. Um, and then we have people who are sort of established in that and are thinking forward into how do I retire someday? Uh. You know, now they're, they, so that that's even just in our economic complexity 
makes it for an interesting conversation, yeah. I think. Um, but the other issue is politically, like I said earlier, it's um, I would say probably a third conservative and two thirds liberal. Yeah. So for the most part, and that's that's been true from the very beginning, even when we were what I would say bottom heavy or mostly people in their young twenties was that we were very liberal in our politics. So I always had to protect the conservative, not the other way around Yeah, and, and trying to help people listen and honor people's positions. Right. And that's what we've talked about a lot is not, do you believe they're right or wrong is how do you honor someone's views and honor someone's story? And that that's how you have the conversation until Donald Trump got elected, we never really had the political um, wave of things hit our church. Yeah, people were like, "Okay, yeah, that's this is where it's at." Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, vote for Obama or I didn't vote for Bush, but that's eh, okay. okay. You know, this yeah. is where we're sure. at, and you know, I'm I'm disappointed about this social movement, or I'm excited about this social movement, but it was never. Like, let's take sides and have a political argument. Yeah. It happened. This And it happened in a lot of churches. But right. it happened in a way I did not expect because I think of how vulnerable my community is in that they're, you know, people who felt like Donald Trump were going to, was going to create an environment where they were, their life was in mm-hmm. danger from, uh, from their race to their, uh, um, you know, their disabilities, those kinds yeah. of things. And and in fact, a number of people in our community during the first year of the election, or after Donald Trump was elected, uh, were, you know, yelled at or were, you know, they had experiences in the culture where the culture was changing. Yeah. And uh, so it was scary for them. So all of a sudden the fear entered into our church. So it made the conversation a lot difficult. More difficult. Yeah. So I had a lot of conversations with people myself, trying to help them think things through, help them understand other people, other people's experiences. Yeah. I don't know. How, how about you? What What was sort of the beginning of that process? Because we're headed into uh-huh. a possibility of a second term of Donald Trump, which or, is a very polarizing figure in our culture. Or if Donald Trump gets you know taken down off the off of the the throne um what kind of upheaval i i mean i don't know that i wonder about that either way either way um and uh and i think yeah so i was gonna say i was a i was in a more conservative leaning church when barack obama was i i've had such an interesting journey because I was in Chicago where Barack Obama was senator, um, you know, in African-American churches uh, during the the Bush, part of the Bush era. Sure. So I hear, I like lived that perspective um, from a church standpoint. And then interestingly, you know, come back to Arizona just in time for Barack Obama to be elected president. And for a conservative community to be very concerned. And so that's probably the first the first year that I saw a church community get very uneasy was then. Um, and I, I, to be honest with you, didn't quite get the, I didn't understand quite what the concern was. I don't think I quite 
you know, even then in my early to mid twenties was, I wasn't quite wrapping my mind around why are these people so worried about this guy? Cause I, and especially cause I just been in Chicago where everybody loved him <laughs> in the yeah. church, in the church. Right. Yeah, well, and, uh, it wasn't the, I mean, that wasn't a lot not to like, I mean, there was some, a few things, but well, I'm saying my experience in this, in this more conservative, not just the church, but you know, part of our city right. was that people were, they were, they were very concerned. Um, and I felt this, you know, like what you're saying, I was like, Oh, he's, I like listening to him speak. I like that. He advocates for the poor. So uh, to me, I was like, those are good. Yeah. Um, I, I also didn't understand a lot of political theory, which I'm still probably behind on. Um, so I didn't understand some of the the political reasons that people had. I just didn't didn't quite put the pieces together. So then, then um, I of course am in my new you know church situation with a lot younger crowd, a lot more politically diverse crowd for the uh, the election where Donald Trump um, becomes president. And I I can't say our well, our church was definitely affected. I feel like core people of our church had their opinions, but it didn't really impact the way that they lived with one another. But people that were peripheral to our church had some real conflict. And um, and I think I just started to get concerned about the ways that this political conversation was dividing, um, especially that peripheral group and the potential it had uh, to divide and yeah I don't I don't know that we worked through that well um I think there were definitely some some painful things that happened I mean I can think of one um you know a, a parent of somebody in our church that shared some very harsh things that because of the church relationship had become, you know, social media friends with people in the church who are deeply offended by these things. And then all of a sudden their relationship is jeopardized, which is unfortunate. And, uh, and I tried to reach out and engage with that. I don't know that that was successful. Um, so I, you know, we've seen some of that, but I think the core, the core group of our church is very diverse politically, but hasn't let that be a thing that divides them up spiritually, but at the peripheral, the peripheral folks struggle with it more. I don't know if that makes any sense. That's me rambling. Sure. That makes sense. Thinking it through. So let's, let's just go through a a practical scenario though. So do what maybe you and I can, you did this to me before. So I'm going to do it to you a little bit of role playing. So, yeah, sit down and and I say to you, like I'm I'm a I'm a Donald Trump supporter, and you are, let's just say for lack of better words, you're 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 kind of you're a postmodern Christian liberal, so you are somebody who believes in you know gay marriage at least in the in the the, the political realm you believe. Um, that abortion, abortion rights, those kinds of things. Even though, again, yeah, you're a follower of Jesus, and you go to mission church, which yeah. I think both of those would have been modern uh, liberal things too, like the 
Well, some modern liberals are yeah. not necessarily there. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's just say there, that person sits down and the other person is definitely me. I I feel that in particular, I've voted for Donald Trump and hang on to the conservative party mostly because of abortion and mostly because of marriage. These are my two big things that I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of moderate or don't really care about the social things. So, you know, like I, social programs, cutting for that. I don't really think about that at this point. I can already tell you what I would do. I would just point out to you that Donald Trump's probably had so many abortions and that he's you would do that? so anti-marriage. Like, look at all the marriages he's wow. broken. Hypocrite. We, we may need Big, to. fat, orange hair, little hands. So you'd say that thing? Every single word. No. Wow. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Are you sure? But Should we cut that out of the that's, podcast? That's how the conversation can go. Yeah, it, it can go. It, right, you can, and, and We insult the person. We insult. And I, I hear that. And a lot from from friends of mine who are in the in more of the like postmodern liberal world is like we've got to tear that person and show show and and yeah and there's we got to deconstruct them and yeah. and, and, and make it's not, them ir- not relevant yeah so I can hear from my end I would say things to you if we were in the conflict and these things I've heard of like so you actually you believe in killing babies so you're a murderer like you promote murder that's what you do and then i would say something like so you say that you know a woman can't decide what to do with her own body right Right. you cut a man completely out of it and he gets no choice we go back and forth right this is this this is how it this is what happens right um so how do we sit down and have a godly loving caring conversation where i honor like where you've come, how you right. got to the place that you are and, right. and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, sorry, I'm being a pain and not, I'm a, I'm going the reverse of your, uh, of your role playing here, but the, the, right. but I, I'll stop. I'll stop. I just like to say I cooperate you with did. the last role play. You did cooperate. I'll, I'll stop. No, I, I mean, you're right. Of course. Like there's, there's so much to it. Um, I think the family and friends I have on both sides, like their, their story is a huge factor. And then the, and their story and their ideology and how they came to it. And so, I I mean, I think what we don't do is we don't take the time to even understand why this matters to you as deeply as it does. Um, and, and you, you know, the experiences in your life that have led you to this place and reinforced this for you. Um, I mean, my my hope, I mean, you're saying the role play, is that I would actually be um, even, like, open to your point of view. Right. Right? And, and genuinely, honestly curious about it. I mean, I, however, the conversation exactly went. Right. If you actually were open to having a changed mind, right. and if you actually were curious about the person, I yeah. think it would go very differently. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and some of the things that are fascinating to me are that I have seen political arguments um, be. Well, I, man, let me go back. I have seen arguments over who's the greatest quarterback. Be as fervently argued as political <laughs> arguments, sure. right? With the same sense of right and wrong 
and the same Deflate sense gate. of come on right ideology right yeah and what i so there's there's that we can easily slip into this almost religious like thing yeah absolutely but the thing i think you have to start with is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable right and I actually believe that uncomfortability in conversation is healthy. Like yeah. that if you are saying things I disagree with and I feel uncomfortable, that's actually good. It's a good sign that I'm in a growth process, yeah. not in a, you know, a, just a stagnant process. So, Which in, in a day when the main goal is to probably is to take care of yourself in any given situation and not have to, and to do whatever you need to do to get away from negative feelings and emotions and fears. Like and that's a very countercultural thing to say. Right. Even though I think we uh, all know, we all know how necessary it is Yeah. and that people who do it do brave and wonderful things. I would say the second thing then is that I can't demand that you understand me. Right. And I think, and there's a huge demand, especially as the cult, the younger the culture is to be understood. Yeah. I think it's in older people, but I think older people got to the place where they don't give it. You know, they're like, okay, fine. They've become almost, um, you know, dis- nobody's going to understand me. So they've almost <laughs> become cynical yeah. that a cynicism is set in, yeah. but there is this demand. You need to understand, you need to understand me. And if you can put that aside and be uncomfortable, yeah. then you will actually give the other person an opportunity to feel understood. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think maybe brings us to our third idea is that I have to see you in the way that Jesus sees you, not in the way I, you know, really not in the way Satan wants me to see you, the enemy, right. the world, whatever, whatever, you know, conglomerate of evil you wish to right. put together um and i think that's a big deal because if i see how jesus sees you then i have to see you with compassion right and that doesn't mean i wouldn't say something that might be hard for you to hear but it would hopefully come out of a place where i'm listening and i love you and so i'm and only- it's out of a general or a genuine concern which usually can be sensed to some degree. Right. Yeah. So even like in that conversation, if I were a good Trump supporter and I'm listening to your understandings on abortion, instead of saying, well, you're wrong here, here and here. And how can you possibly be part of these things? I could say things like, wow, like your positions are really hard for me. I don't know how to handle and reconcile that with my faith. Um, how do you reconcile it with right. your faith? What do you do to get you know get there? Because um, I want to know because it would, might be helpful for me. Right. That that all of a sudden is disarming and is saying, well, you you yeah. have some insight into this, and it's hard for me. I'm the one who's having the issue, not you. Um, and that 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 can be a helpful yeah way of dealing with things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean strategic for sure. Um. It feels like another piece of the, there's the uncomfortability and then there's just the time like, right. Like it's, and there's a discomfort to time, but to really know people this, I, I, I feel like we've become disinterested in like long term. Um, I mean, there's all, there've been so many radio shows about politics, like especially around holidays and Thanksgiving, like how to <laughs> deal with your 
cantankerous relative right like well, and, and that is so i, I have to this is so the modern age like yeah i wasn't around when i was no <laughs> absolutely not now we have all these instructions on how to deal with our family but i've so. but i've heard and politics is one of the big issues yeah, that yeah. people dread being around their family who disagrees yes and um there's the discomfort of it and then i think just time spent with someone of a different opinion um feels like lost wasted frivolous time and right. and it's like people look around at all the other stupid things we're doing with time right. like wouldn't it i mean we we waste so much much frivolous time on youtube um and binging every show on netflix and on video game like so we can't take that time with a person who is related to right. us who has a different viewpoint like yeah well, I think if you project out, and I mean, this is a little bit of, of maybe just kind of thinking about the way the disciples may have operated, and it's not necessarily something, you can find these clues in scripture, but you can't say this yeah, is the way it was. It can't be proven. Sure. But you look at the disciples, and you look at Peter and John and James, they're, they're businessmen. They're at some level in yeah. bed with the Roman Empire and with the, the Jewish leaders in that, that financially they're selling them fish. They're, they're middle-class people. You have zealots who are really right. there to overthrow. They want to overthrow the Roman Empire. They also have an issue with the religious, you know, kind mm-hmm. of elitism. And they're also, and there's, and there's a tax collector who's right. really, in, so they're all there. And Jesus has no problem being no. in this right. dissonance. And he's, got a different yeah. agenda and his agenda yeah. is intriguing to all yeah. these different people who have different understandings of their political space and what's advantageous for their families and for their community right. that fascinates me i mean just thinking about that fascinates me because we're called to imitate jesus mm-hmm. which you know we you and i talked a little bit about that um on our our last podcast Right. And what that might, what the implications might be, we don't know if uh, you know if our implications that we you know put out on the last podcast or what exactly Jesus wants, but we certainly they challenge the way mm-hmm. that we think about things. Jesus challenges th- the way we relate, and I think all those people were. I mean, this gets actually a little bit to what Jim was saying. I know the diagram may not have it's fine put it through, but the. But I think that, yeah, what Jesus was saying was appealing and interesting to all these people from all their different perspectives with all their different goals. There was something in what Jesus was doing that did had an appeal to all of them. But it wasn't any of their agendas specifically because he didn't – it wasn't like he broke off with with uh, Matthew and was like, hey, look, you and me are really – we're on the same page here. These other guys are – yeah, they'll get it someday. Yeah, well, it, you need you know. to tie 30% because I know you're making a big – yeah. <laughs> You're the big rich guy. <laughs> like, right it was it was equally yeah, dissonant. It was equally unique, uh, you know, from all of their perspectives, but it was it was appealing to all their perspectives. And so they they came together and ended up embracing something else that was um you know otherworldly. I mean, it was really about something spiritual. Um and it had absolutely like social implications and it affects how you live in the world but it it was kind of founded in spiritual places I'd say. um and so yeah I, th- I feel like we're 
I mean, probably Christianity has just lost the art of that over and over and over. And then we lose it and then we relearn a little bit of it and we lose it and we relearn. And, but, but yeah, that, that's a very interesting, I mean, I, I hope that we're seeing little glimpses of that in our churches with people with differing political perspectives continuing to come back and worship together. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like we are, right. That's one of the things I, I love a lot of things about my church, but that's one of the things I love is that I don't think just politically, socially, we're down the line the same. I think the only thing bringing us together is the gospel, um, ultimately, and then the ways that it's shaping us and, and changing us. I mean, we definitely had on Sunday, I mean, I, kn- I know we have have Trump supporters. And then we had a guy who was wearing a shirt that had Bernie Sanders, uh, slam dunking a basketball on Trump. <laughs> wow. And it didn't bother anybody. You know, it's like, well, you don't know if it didn't well, bother. By, nobody by, said anything. By bother, nobody walked out. Right. Nobody, no, walked nobody out. like broke relationship over it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can exist in the same space and right. be discussed. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my, my friend had texted me and said, uh, that somebody thought that if, uh, if Buttigieg got the nomination, the Democrats, that there was no chance, uh, that he, that any Christians would vote for him over Donald Trump. Simple. And do you think that's, do you think that's true? Well, I think from the conversation we've had up to this point, the answer is some would say no and would yeah. not, and some would would Absolutely. be okay because they hold their political positions differently. Yeah, in connection to their faith. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the amount of let's see the amount of uniformity you believe there needs to be between your government and your and say the leadership within the Christian church, if you think those need to be very similar, mm. um, that is going to affect how you do this. I, I, I think that I don't think that's a consistent standpoint because even many people like I mean, Peter Weiner on, you know, who, who's a, a pretty well-known columnist would, would really take issue with the fact that evangelicals, who say that they require these high standards for, you know, government officials went for Trump and kind of overlooked all of his sins. Um, But Trump got there by promising he wasn't doing that anymore and promising he's changed and I'm on your side. Um, I think, I think that group that wants to see that continuity is going to, whoever says the right talking points, They'll just go for them. I think people who are in evangelicalism and see a major um, difference, like a sphere sovereignty, if you wanted to use kind of the old Dutch reformed way of talking about it, uh, between church and state would have less trouble seeing somebody with a an ideology that wouldn't fit their their church still running the government if they had you know generally good governmental principles. Right. Well, and I think, I think it makes it, I think a large, you know, group of people who voted for Donald Trump voted or were able, the conservative section were able to 
vote for him because they were postmodern. Yes. And then so I they were able that. to hold two conflicting value systems. Yeah. Just whereas I don't know if like a modern conservative, one who isn't influenced by postmodernism and believes in foundations, could vote for Donald Trump. And there And was, I think those are the leaders that we saw who who were like in the never Trump group before. Yes. And then nobody really knows how they voted. Cause I think they were just frustrated. Right. Um, but they, yeah, they, they saw too much dissonance. Um, they saw too much, uh, conflict yeah. in, in what he brought to the table. So interestingly, the old school conservative might've been more consistent than the postmodern. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I think Buttigieg, however you say I can never really say his name correctly, but I think what would be interesting is that I he's kind of conservative. Right. And so he's not going to get the <laughs> nomination because the postmodern liberal is not going to vote for him, even though he is gay. So I've, I've wondered, I, I kind of thought that too, but then... I read uh, I read this Lincoln biography a while ago about how Lincoln nobody thought he would get the nomination and he was just kind of the like the tolerable um, one in the group who ended up getting actually the you know all of his party on his side. Sure, I could see that happening with Buttigieg. I, that's sort of what happened in Iowa. I think is like Biden's too old school. Um, Warren and Sanders are too intense. And so the Democrats might go for Buttigieg. It's possible. I I, I kind of, like I said, I, I wasn't thinking along those lines, but it's possible. Right. And I, I had a conversation with some people recently, like the only way, you know, on occasion, well, at least historically, there when we have tumultuous times like this, uh, eventually a president who, we elect a president who can bring us all together. Yeah. And oddly enough, people don't, I mean, if you look at, you know american history the last president to do that was ronald reagan um even though he was a conservative right. what was interesting if you started looking at some of like the gen x uh polls and things who was their most favorite president it was ronald reagan yeah. where did they politically stand in the democratic party and so yeah. uh just he had some kind of grandpa yeah. way of bringing people in, even though people didn't even agree with him. Well, and he was a TV actor. Yes. Right? So Which there was something warm about made him. People feel like he understood them. Yes. Yeah. And there have been presidents like that after turmoil who pulled us all together. I don't know if it's, I mean, things are moving faster than they used to. Schwarzenegger. Yes. Schwarzenegger. There you go. I'm back. I don't think he can be president. Though. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's not an American. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's a, a naturalized citizen. So. That's a whole, that's silliness. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd run if he could. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> sure. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, I just think maybe could Buttigieg actually bring us together? Would he be, a, what person can kind of heal the wounds and bring us as a people back together to some kind of, you know, you know political dialogue that's healthy at some level? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say like, I'm, I'm very much in a position of just having no clue where this, um, there's a part of me that's like, kind of like, ah, I'm kind of thinking Trump's going to get reelected, you know? Sure. And then there's a part of me that's like, we're not. And I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any clear sense of where things are going and right. which is, uh, in the past, I feel like I've had more of a clear, hmm. 
sense and it's a and i think i have my concerns like not not so much even political concerns but how we are going to do together as as americans either way that it goes yeah i think that's and that's the saddest part it's just how the repercussions of these things yeah somebody told me recently all i really want is just wake me up in january yeah let's just tell me and tell me what i gotta deal with like yeah then I'll, I'll adjust. I just, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, with that, I'm, I'll say I am grateful, uh, that, that my hope is not anchored in this system. Um, and that I've got a, uh, yeah, a source for, truth meaning a guide uh, for how to relate to people that is outside of these parties and uh, governments and systems so um, I want to press into that more and encourage our people in that as well so hmm. I think that's really good All right. I think that's our podcast for today there we go see you next time yeah